Uh, let's sit down, put on these headphones. Uh, this is Dream Warriors. Day 11, 31 days of dread. We're doing shivers. So uh, let's hit that music and get to it. Yeah, 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 uh, shelf episode here, uh, and I kind of, <laughs> I really didn't know what, what episode that this movie was going to be, but I went back and just kind of like rewatched the beginning of it, first like hour, because it, it, took, it took me a little bit to um, just get the, the flow of what the story was and, and what the director was trying to do. Uh, the movie Shivers it came out in 1975, directed by David Cronenberg, who is a, um, you know, uh, another topic of ours. He was the killer, one of the villains, in um, Nightbreed, and Nightbreed was day three of the 31 Days of Dread. So yeah, Cronenberg is uh, French-Canadian, and he, I uh, might be in incorrect with the French part. <laughs> definitely Canadian though and yeah he's he's one of these guys that, that uh, again like crossed over just like Sidney Pollock uh, who is one of the friends in Eyes Wide Shut uh, th that's my favorite role of his uh, mostly because the scene uh, <laughs> that he has with Tom Cruise in Eyes Wide Shut is a naked woman uh, and you know who who's not for that I don't know uh, you know, w w uh, and I think he's like shirtless, so <laughs> which is for Cindy Pollock in that eyes wide shut scene, it is <laughs> that's all you want to see of him. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's early in the morning, we're talking another independent movie. Uh, I'm drinking my, my coffee here. I, I cleared out my storage, one of my, my final storage unit in Jersey, and you know, just kind of been super busy getting everything sold, listed on eBay, having uh, collector friends and, and friends that own stores uh, come by to pick up things for their shops. Uh, and, you know, with all of this, it is, it's been complete chaos in October. And October now is Inktober. You can follow that on AKA Pad 13 or through Instagram. Uh, the updates don't always push out through Instagram as quickly, but... Yeah, a aka Pad13 on IG will will deliver you Inktober. I'm doing the 31 Days of Dread. I'm behind on both. Uh, but this eBay and storage unit uh, fiasco of mine has just occupied me. So October has literally become my busiest month, uh, I, I want to say ever, because it's all day. All day, all night, and I'm drawing, I'm recording, I'm listing, I'm shipping, and and on top of it, because we know, we know my vices, but uh, been entertaining, entertaining, going out, uh, you know, having some sippy sips, having some of that that uh, al alcohol, some of that alcohol consumption, but yeah. So the, the last few films that we've done for the 31 Days of Dread. Oh, and side note, we, we're, we're like, we're catching up. Don't, don't worry. We're way behind. But I'm catching up. We're probably going to do some double, double day releases soon. Uh, similar to what we did for Spawn. Uh, Spawn Day 8, Spawn Day 
the Harvey Weinstein special edition and the Blade Runner special edition. So, like, sound like it hasn't been a, a, a overly productive month for Dream Warriors, but, um, you know, it's setbacks against setbacks. And, hey, if you guys don't know, Peter, me, me, your host, uh, has a freaking demanding day job. So, how, you know, and, and it's kind of like, you might be thinking, how does he do it? I really don't know. Uh, there's only one person that can tell you that. Uh, not person, animal. And that's Dal- Diamond Dallas Cat, who's sitting down <laughs> on my sofa watching me right now. Uh, just puzzled at what his, uh, what his uh, compadre is doing. But yeah, so we're talking shivers. The, the other two previous movies... Uh, day nine, day ten of the thirty-one days of dread was uh, beyond the gates, and thirteen demons, both available on Netflix, and the, these are independent movies, and we've kind of done a lot of independent movies. Uh, you know, we I consider Nightbreed independent, Pumpkinhead independent, uh, the Bunny Man Massacre, uh, all independent movies, all thirty-one days of dread. And I, I think it's becoming a little bit of a focus now. Uh, I was, it, it was really hard setting out to do this because it's easy to go to the low-hanging fruit uh, to do things like The Exorcist, The Lost Boys, um, Rosemary's Baby, and to the original Nightmare on Elm Street. And it's just like this thing. You know, it's very easy. It's very easy to go there and a lot of those I, I would not have to watch I would I could just sit down and spitball because I've seen those movies so many times and horror is a genre where if if you don't appreciate the aesthetics and the process of how some of these horror movies are manufactured um it you don't really get a lot of repeat viewing uh it's hard to watch horror movies more than once I, I believe. So what, what you get as a contrast is if, if horror movies not your cup of tea, what comes out of that is a appreciation of how the movies are made, the backstory of the production, uh, even, even the aesthetics, like the blood, the gore, the atmosphere, the mood. Uh, you know, like, I think these are the things that creates the horror community. This is what the horror community locks in on. I was never part of it. I never really got it. Uh, there's like a documentary on Amazon Prime um, that I was watching about a horror movie, a horror convention. It's like a 90-minute documentary. It's, it actually wasn't terrible. And I'm forgetting the name of it right now. But, yeah, like, horror has this... Uh, Excuse me. Horror has this uh, cult. It has a uh, a base that has a real love and appreciation for the oddity of it all. And yeah, so Shivers is a movie that <laughs> hardly any horror fan will will talk to you about because a few few people have seen it. But we're talking about David Cronenberg. He's one of the best. Uh, just came up through independent ranks. Uh, this movie was, I think, financed by the Canadian government, and might have been his like fifth or sixth film. Uh, he's he's done so many uh, smaller films before he got big that I haven't seen them all. Uh, but Shivers, uh, I'm looking it up right now. Shivers is his third film. 
and it kind of, oh, I'm sorry, and technically, you can say Shivers, yeah, so that was just wrong there, so he did Stereo, he did Crimes of the Future, and then he did Shivers, and I don't know, like, I, those might have been way back films, but Shivers is, is really his landmark, and then he goes from Shivers to Rapid, uh, Fast Company, which I'm not at all familiar with, and The Brute. And Shivers, Rabbit, and Brood are kind of a three-movie sequence. They're almost like this themed trilogy of kind of like invasion, um, paras uh, like parasite viruses. And that's my early morning phone. But yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> can can I can I remember to put that thing on silent? When, when I sit down and, and do this. Yeah, so Cronenberg very early on did this like theme trilogy and they're all fun movies to watch. They're all good. They, they get better as time progresses, as he learns more skills. But uh, the, Cronen the David Cronenberg we know and we love came to us with a 1981 movie called Scanners. And that was followed up by the uh, Videodrome, which had... So Scanners has the, the head explosion scene. Uh, also has Michael Ironside, if I remember. And uh, Videodrome uh, has a recently retired James Wood actor who retired because he could not get work because uh, of his political points of view. And that is something we'll see more of in the, in the, in the coming future. Uh, I think him coming out about that is definitely... Uh, it's going to have a windfall, but everyone's focused on Har Harvey Weinstein now. And, you know, I was just watching, too. Side note about the Weinstein thing. Uh, I was watching P.S. I Love You. With, and, oh, my God. You know, I, people that knock movies like that are just idiots. Because uh, that movie is an emotional, emotional um, roller coaster. And if you don't tear up watching P.S. I Love You... You're you're not much of a human. You're not uh, even as a guy. You're not much of a man, because that movie really hits hits the mark, and it's it's the fantasy of it all. But it's it's true. You know, like uh, there's so much of that movie that that's real, and so <laughs> a little tangent there. But yeah, so um, uh, let's let's just get back to uh, Videodrome real quick. Uh, for Cronenberg, I was always more Videodrome than Scanners. I think Videodrome is the end of his independent phase, and then he goes into, like, mainstream with uh, The Dead Zone in 83. Three years later, The Fly, 86. The Fly, now one of the greatest remakes ever. Or updates, uh, Dead Ringers, 88. Amazing. That's one of the best dual role movies with Jeremy Irons. Naked Lunch, 91. Uh, great movie, kind of forgotten, but great. Uh, and Butterfly. Madden Butterfly, um, that's the one one I haven't seen. My favorite of his, uh, 1996 Crash, the real Crash. That's the one you got to see. Uh, and now we're dealing with two um, under under the covers, under the current, under the radar movies, Existence and Spiders. Existence and Spider. They're almost complementary pieces also, similar to his earlier work with Shivers, Rabbit, and The Brood. And now we have um, another like uh, complementary uh, sequence, which is a history of violence and Eastern promises. Uh, again, Vivigo uh, Mortensen, you gotta watch these movies. Uh, they're heralded as overly violent, but they are 
more or less like main of action movies, and I really enjoy main of action movies. Um, and then we have uh, the Dangerous Method, which uh, was really interesting. And, and you know, like that, there was so much of that movie that reminded me of um, I think Viggo Morrison's in that also, and it has uh, what's her name, uh, the girl from Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates of the Caribbean. And it's it's a early like psychology, uh, sexual health driven movie, and it but it, there was a lot of that that, that reminded me of Sucker Punch, uh, <laughs> just with the archaic way that this um, profession, the study uh, came up through the ground, and and how late in society and progress that these practices were still exercised. Um, exercise now ostracized. Uh, yeah, so a dangerous method. You you just have to watch that movie. And I, I don't know if she was nominated for that role, but she showed it. I think she showed it one. She she's so good in it. And uh, Cosmopolis, which is the the vampire dude from Twilight, he's in that. I think the entire movie takes place in the limo. Uh, I never finished watching that, and I I feel bad because. Uh, very engaging movie, and Maps to the Stars, uh, 2014, have not seen that, so the, like, that's the filmography of David Cronenberg, it's really hard to find a bad movie in that bunch, he has a run, I think, unlike anyone in Hollywood, uh, even the people that came up the, the same way as, as Cronenberg, um, yeah, uh, never had the staying power, never resonated as, as much as him, um, just an amazing dude. He's he's one of my guys, easily one of my guys, and I I love it. I love that he 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 doesn't need the adulation and all this other stuff. Like the uh, the dude just keeps going. He's got stories to tell. Um, but I I think uh, he he he's he has one thing for Crash. I think he he might want the Palm Door for Crash. I should know some of these things before I start talking to you. But no, no, like that's not the point. The point is not to know everything. It, the point is to sit down and, and discuss discuss some of these movies. Uh, just to bring light to them, historical documentation of what they are. So so Shivers, um, basic story. Uh, it's available now on Amazon Prime. I recommend go checking it out. But Shivers is your, it's a parasite movie. Uh, the parasite infects you, and you <laughs> you want to transfer. Yeah, uh, you, it's so you you just want to like uh, basically rape someone. Uh, it's it's a parasite rape movie, uh, and it also what it um kind pioneered, uh, made pa- popular through its advertising, movie posters, and and uh, like uh, printed material printed collateral, as I say on my end, is the bathtub um, right up the vagina scene. And if you don't know what that means, uh, I mean, even movies, I think, What Lies Beneath, the Robert Zemeckis, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer movie, uh, even even promoted bathtub scene. Uh, there's a movie called Teeth, which I should really, we should really do Teeth for 31 Days of Dread. Uh, and I think that's on Netflix. I, I have I told you how much I love these streaming services. I love it when people tell me there's no good like there's no good movies on on either. And I think I think they're crazy. I think they're uh, 
aren't the good type of drugs. But yeah. Um, so the bathtub scene came from this movie. And it is one of the... I think even James Gunn copied it for Slither. Um, I think Night of the Creeps copies it. Any movie that has a parasite uh, in it, that like a slug parasite that crawls into the mouth or into an orifice, has the bathtub scene. It's essential. So we have David Cronenberg to thank for this. So the movie is a scientist. He, he creates uh, this, I guess they were intending to create a way for a parasite to enter the body and recreate organs. So if your liver died, the parasite would, would come in and reproduce the function of the organ uh, by processing blood and so on and so forth, something like your liver. And then, like, essentially, I guess the, the scientist goes a little bonkers, and he wants to infect the entire world. So the entire movie is shot around this apartment building, which is, uh, for the day, set up to be a luxury apartment building. You know, security, uh, awesome amenities. I think the opening for this movie, uh, the exposition, the uh, setup is is awesome, masterful, cheap, uh, and it's it's might be one of my favorite opening narrations now because it, it sets up something different, sets up a the um, the environment for the movie, not the story. And I just thought that was very interesting, very very cool. Um, I don't know, like I don't know how much of that was maybe inspired by the Shining. Uh, I think I think some of this, and you know, ju just to be clear, <laughs> we should know when the uh, uh, Shining uh, came out, right? We're gonna have to look that up real quick. So that came out in 1980. So I am way off. So <laughs> so maybe some of this complimented because uh, ju just the way it shot, ju just the the mood of it, kind of kind of remind me of Kubrick's Shining. Uh, so. Uh, and what we see in, in a lot of this movie is corners. Corners, and we have left-to-right left staging. And why, why do I talk about this? Why is this important? Uh, this is important because uh, that's all they had to work with. It's, 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 it's a single room. It's one room. And you may, you may only be able to do one or two cameras, but you don't have sets. And it was very clear that a lot of this movie was shot with zero sets. So they use corners. And you use corners in a very, like, you know, interesting, flowy way. Uh, so for, from an independent standpoint, and that's why this goes with the, the last two, 31 Days of Dread. On an independent standpoint, um, then, you know, this movie is kind of looked at as one of the great, uh, like, straight-up independent horror movies. Um, and, you know, even though it's a little bit forgotten, it's, it's, it's drifted off into the realms of forgetfulness, uh, it, it's no better or worse than Beyond the Gates and 31 Demons. Uh, it's not, uh, I'll, I'll even put the, the Bunny May Massacres in, in this movie, in the categories. Uh, it, the acting's off. Uh, blocking is off, cinematography is off, uh, the lighting is off, uh, script is off. Uh, script definitely could have used uh, better moments. But even though, like, I think some of the character stuff is 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 there, but it's not there character per character. It's not there like scene per scene. There's uh, setups and 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 payoffs that just don't seem like they're set set setups and payoffs. 
it, it doesn't pull the strings as, as well as it should. I'm using some platitudes here, but you get the point. It's not a perfect movie, but it's, it, it should be heralded as, as a perfect movie because of the attempt. Same as Beyond the Gates and 31 Demons. Uh, if Cronenberg didn't have the drive and the, the luck and just the, the fortitude that he has, uh, Shivers just would, would pass on. It would be totally forgotten and <laughs> uh, like totally forgotten. Like no redeemable quality whatsoever because this movie has none of it. It just has an interesting concept, has some interesting visuals. Any visual with the parasite or the slug, the bloody slug, is just god-awful. It's, it's a god-awful visual. So uh, passing this parasite throughout the building through sex is this 19-year-old girl <laughs> that you find out has been, like, banging the entire building, um, including, like, a, a, like an, older, an older man, a... a, a um, like someone, this business dude who does claims adjustment that lives with his girlfriend, like who has like a key to her place. <laughs> it's a little bit creepy. It's a little bit weird. But the girl's like 19. She's like a schoolgirl. The movie opens with her death, which is a very um, surreal, like kind of like horrific. I viewed it as horrific um, strangulation scene. And I think it's it's because of... What they had to work with, it's actually one of the better strangulation scenes because you're, the camera doesn't move away. The camera is there. Okay, so we, we have a broader point about the, the women discovering sex and what sex means to a woman. We have a statement on that with her actions, which is, you know, kind of like spring. Spring has sprung. And this woman just wants to be, you know, like pleased and she wants to please and she gets validation for that. Uh, I don't it never like fault that type of attitude with a woman. I think, um, you know, societal conditions create these complexes now, uh, you know, societal programming, you know, that, that women just can't enjoy the D <laughs> and they do, they love it. And for some reason, society tells women they can't love it, even though we're in a golden age of birth control, like, uh, everyone Everyone has birth control right now. Everyone has access to it. It's quite, it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, but you know, society will still label women the slut when she acts like uh, as they do, as this woman does, this nineteen-year-old in shivers. But with that being said, so like the movie is just at that point, like once once we establish what the issue is, what the threat is. Now it's just a, a series of deaths and rapes and the the virus, the parasite, um, transferring person to person to person. Movie ends and it's it's kind of like a wink, wink, nod, nod to this is this is the beginning of it all. This is the beginning of the the fall of man, the, and you know, kind of very similar to the end of Rise of the, of the Planet of the Apes, uh, which uh, I which I loved. Because it's, it's still the idea of, hey, we did this in 1975. Uh, and it kind of falls right into what I said earlier with other episodes about uh, the horror genre, 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 genre is a combination of conventions. It's a combination of tropes. Of, it's nothing. It's things we've always seen before. The combination and the cobbling together of these things is what separates uh, 
like great horror from barely watchable horror. But uh, like in no way should it ever interrupt your enjoyment of a movie. Uh, most movies in general. Uh, like I said, I remember the first time I saw Gladiator. I was with my family. I was maybe going through like a, a film buff phase, like being a, a dickhead about anything he, he watched. Probably was. And, you know, I was so disappointed with Gladiator because to me it was just Braveheart all over again. And to me, Braveheart just did it so much better, like with balls and grit and truth. <laughs> and it kind of had like a better story also, like just, just on paper, like bullet point story type stuff. But yeah, and, uh, you know, like, I don't know. Being a dick, I, I probably should have enjoyed Gladiator a lot more, as, as I do now, as I'm just able to sit down and, and I know the conventions, I know the tropes that they're using, I know the the the, the low-hanging fruit that they're going for, storytelling-wise, but my God, if you don't sit down and get enjoy, enjoy Gladiator and just be like in awe by most of it and ignore the, the stupid criticisms of people's shaky cam and, and, and all that BS, I don't know. There was so much that that movie offers. I wasn't receptive to it when I first saw it. And, yeah, I kind of regret it. But, yeah. Um, is, every, is every movie like that? Does every movie resonate? No. It's, it's movie to movie. It's, it's case by case. But uh, Shivers is it's important because it creates some of these tropes that future movies uh, actually just mimicked and copied and, and lived, lived off of. Like I said, we James Gunn got his start with these conventions set up in Shivers. Uh, in, in the way, Shivers has been remade at least five or six times. At least five or six times this movie's been remade, perfected, uh, better special effects added to it to to convey the slugs a little bit, you know, as more uh, more of a force of nature, deadlier. Uh, because they're definitely not deadly in this. <laughs> We're just told they're deadly, and we, and we, we believe it. Um, what is that, James? I should know it. Oh my God! You, uh, James Gunn movies. We we have to uh, we have to look it up. And, and I hate that you even hear me uh, typing. Slither, Slither's the movie. Okay. Uh, yeah. This this is Sliver. This is Sliver. Uh, Sliver came out in two thousand and six. Uh, this movie was nineteen seventy five. So you do that arithmetic, kiddo. Um, I, I don't know really what else to say other than uh, again, it's another independent horror movie that kickstarted a amazing career. But as a independent horror movie, it's it's really no different than. Some of these ones people rip apart, bash, and or ignore because it doesn't get this crazy box office. It's, if it's not Get Out, people just don't care about independent horror movies anymore. Uh, no, no, this this is right on par with the last two. Beyond the Gates, 13 Demons. This is right on par with it. So Cronenberg, look at his, look at his, like future from this movie like look at what he's done and you're telling me these these other two dudes these other two guys can't can't do it can't can't run can't run with the wolves run with the buffalo uh yeah i don't know you're crazy if that's what you believe because uh skill versus skill movie versus movie this is no different no different okay so hey um have a good day and let's just keep going we're, we're, we're gonna hit day 31 
Days of Dread on day 31. We, we're going to hit Halloween on Halloween. Okay? Oh, ooh, maybe we should do that. Halloween on Halloween? Oh, I like that. But it's got to be the Rob Zombie Halloween. It's got to be. 